You're listening to Astroscope, astrology podcast by Mark Lerner and Great Bear Enterprises. This podcast is sponsored by Buzzword Consulting and Forfame.com. Welcome everyone to our fifth installment of our series, multi-part series of the United States Progressed Sun and the United States Progressed Palace using secondary progressions for the United States birth chart coming together in an extremely rare union that will be exact on May the 28th of 2019. It is now the early hours of May the 9th of 2019. The last time I made one of these podcast recordings was a couple of nights ago, and we've had a very full day again of uh, a tremendous amount of activity, of which I'll list in a moment, uh, regarding Congress and the White House with this battle, um, which is now, by the way, been officially called by Representative Nadler, who leads the House Judiciary Committee. As of today, he pronounced this truly a constitutional crisis uh, that was bandied about on networks today, that we're fully in it. Although, for me, this has been going on for months, and if not years, because of my uh, review of the power of Pallas Athena from its discovery back in late March, March 28th of 1802, its placement in the United States birth chart from July 4th of 1776 with the moon in late Aquarius, and the fact that this Sun-Palace progression in the USA birth chart has been developing for many years, and then I was looking at this uh, several years ago during the last presidential election and collecting all of my notes and then writing so many articles over the last couple of years. So the fact that Representative Nadler, as of today, when they issued a contempt uh, citation from his committee uh, on a straight uh, Democrat-Republican vote, 2614, favoring contempt for the U.S. Attorney General Barr because he has not turned over the full unredacted version of the Mueller report, which is what they wanted. So again, this energy field, as we build up toward uh, May 28th, we now have, today is May 9th, we now have uh, 19 days to go before this becomes precise, even though it will con- continue uh, after it's exact for many weeks, months, and even years into the future. So uh, but without further ado, my goal is to actually get, and I think this will be the sixth one by the time we get to these points, I actually want to talk a little bit about Representative Nadler's birth chart because he's another sun sign Gemini, born June 13, 1947, almost exactly one year within a day of President Trump. Also, Don McGahn, the former White House attorney, the attorney for the White House, uh, who gave at least 30 hours of testimony to Robert Mueller and his staff, and who has been asked to be called back by several committees. And now, as of today or yesterday, uh, the president and the White House are trying to declare that uh, the entire entire Mueller report should not be uh, given out, and that Don McGahn, uh, even though he's no longer the White House attorney, should not testify. Uh, in fact, no one should be testifying. And uh, so that's part of what's going on here. National privilege uh, being, or executive authority being uh, 
bandied about now by the president and the White House that people should not have to go and report this is all over with, that he's been exonerated and there's no collusion and there's no uh, conspiracy of any kind, no obstruction of justice, and they're utilizing that particular uh, energy field coming out of the Mueller report. We've gone all over much of this and why they're doing that and why uh, the new Attorney General, William Barr, has been siding with the president and connections back to the formation of the Justice Department in July 1 of 1870 and all of the different Gemini individuals. By the way, Don McGahn was born uh, June 16 of 1968, so we get another sun sign Gemini individual who's part of this whole scenario and that is one of the goals I'd like to get to, but I don't think we're going to go over the Don McGahn birth chart or the uh, Representative Jerry Nadler birth charts until uh, the sixth session. When I also want to talk about feminine and masculine countries, most people may not be aware of this uh, unless you've studied the Alice Bailey Tibetan Master DK books, of which there are over two dozen on uh, all kinds of spirituality, the seven rays, cosmic influences across the board. It's a fantastic series of books and information that is available uh, through different websites. On Great Bear website, our website, there is a place where we promote different sources and, and energy fields. And that's one place where you can find your way into some of those books and other uh, parts of their organization. Uh, consider Lucis Publishing Company and the Lucis Trust and World Goodwill and so on. So that is uh, an amazing resource. But in one of the books called The Destiny of the Nations, which has been a big part of my research uh, in astrology and metaphysical areas of astrology for the last 40 plus years, since I worked at their center before I lived at the Finhorn community. This is back in the 1970s. So I want to read a little bit about, uh, from it's just two short paragraphs. I don't think I'll get to it until the next uh, podcast about which countries, which major countries in the world are feminine and which are masculine, because this will help us understand why the United States of America uh, is one of the feminine countries, as well as Russia. They're both in the feminine camp, as opposed to, as opposed to let's say, the United Kingdom and Germany, uh, which are considered masculine countries, and they'll go through the list of which are the masculine and the feminine, and I think you'll find it really intriguing. But Part of the reason I want to get to that and that we'll talk about it is the United States, even though we are born in where we have a chart where the planet Saturn is very strong uh, in the upper part of the chart. And Saturn has a lot to do uh, with more of a father energy, more of a masculine force in many ways um, that the United States has an enormous amount of feminine energy in the chart. But because the country came into being when the sun and Saturn were in a square aspect and it was a revolutionary chart to overthrow Mother England, which is one of the masculine countries, um, this is an important kind of concept. And that's why the asteroids and the moon position and America's Venus, all the feminine bodies and the feminine goddess energies are actually quite significant. In fact, almost every single one of them in many deep ways, which shows that eventually the whole concept of equal right for women and uh, having a woman president is definitely something that needs to happen or wants to happen, has been developing over the last hundred plus years. 
following uh, women's suffrage and getting the right to vote in 1920. And uh, when Geraldine Ferraro, for instance, in 1984, became the first woman on a presidential ticket. And then, of course, four, uh, two years ago, three years ago now, when Hillary Clinton was in the presidential slot in the Democratic Party and got more popular votes than than President Trump, but did not win the electoral vote. So we're still moving in that direction that needs to happen and should happen and is part of our destiny as a country. So that'll be coming up in the next one. And also want to talk about um, President Obama's connection, his astrology with Vladimir Putin of Russia, and more particularly, which I think I'll get to it toward the end of this one, um, Vladimir Putin and, and President Trump, why do they have this unusual relationship? Uh, it's very much, shall we say, in the stars. It's part of their astrological compatibility. Whereas to some extent, Vladimir Putin's chart and former President Obama had certain clashes. So we can see the differences astrologically which are part of the reason why several years ago, during the 2016 election, the fact that President Obama supported Hillary Clinton, and clearly Vladimir Putin was not interested in, in Secretary of State, former Secretary of State and Senator and First Lady, uh, Hillary Clinton coming into the presidency, they were not on good terms, and the President Obama and, and Vladimir Putin were certainly not uh, in sync or simpatico, as opposed to what we will see in looking at the Donald Trump chart versus Vladimir Putin. Now, I've actually written about this in many different articles in the past, but not necessarily recently. But because of the Mueller investigation about whether or not there was a conspiracy between, uh, as the Mueller report used the phrase, the Russian government, which isn't necessarily Russians, it's the Russian government, and the Trump campaign and members of the Trump um, family and associates and so on, and the Mueller report did not find what was called a conspiracy, a provable conspiracy there. But at the same time, there is all these issues of whether or not the president obstructed justice. So that's a little bit of where we're going in the next um, podcast and possibly toward the end of this one. So... If we go back to the, the fourth podcast, the last one, um, I, I've been talking about, and I just want to go back over these dates, the zero plus Aquarius, the first degree of Aquarius. Now, if you go through the first four, you'll get a smattering of this, I think, starting in the second one into the third one and so on. Because earlier this year, we had a total lunar eclipse, January 21. It was... An article, it's still an article in, in our Earth Aquarius News section. It concerns the idea that we had this powerful full moon, which was also a total lunar eclipse, and the sun just happened to be at zero plus of Aquarius. And it was during this time period that we were in the process where the government had been shut down by the president, mainly due to the fact that the the House had turned Democratic, and he didn't like that and didn't want all those committees in the house suddenly looking into all of his business so we had the the government shutdown and there was the, the focus that the president created with, that there was this national emergency at the southern border which i i refer to as a crisis it's certainly a crisis of migration from all of these different countries particularly in central america and people fleeing for their lives 
And yet, nevertheless, President Trump utilized that to declare, oh, it's an emergency. And the article I wrote was, no, the real emergency is the fact that the president, when he was born on June 14, 1946, was born during a total lunar eclipse. And while a total lunar eclipse and a full moon, as we know, there are thousands of groups now who, that meditate and they've been doing this for decades at the full moon because they're tuned into the fact that a full moon can represent a, a spiritual uh, influx into humanity, into earth and different individuals now since, particularly in America, since the 60s and 70s and 80s, learning more about Eastern ideas and Eastern teachings and whether it's Zen or Buddhism and uh, the Beatles having traveled, particularly they were very instrumental um, going in, going to India and their connection to the Maharishi and bringing back ideas. But we had had other authors like Alan Watts in particular uh, and many others who were writing about R.D. Lang was another one writing about spiritual concepts of, of the East and bringing more of the Eastern teachings and the teachings of the Buddha and teachings of Lao Tzu and teachings of Zen. And when I was growing up in particular as a student uh, in the 1960s and in the 1970s, that's a lot of how I began to receive ideas about Eastern teachings and merge that with Western philosophy leading to my whole path. And a lot of that is given out on the Great Bear website. If people want to learn more about who I am and my background, you can check that out in the About area, the About area and the top of one of the sections there on the homepage of Great Bear Enterprises, giving a little bit more of my background, what I've experienced and so on. Um, but the fact that the President of the United States, born June 14, 1946, was born and not just a full moon, and I've talked a lot about his other planetary positions, and we'll get into that again here in the next couple of podcasts, uh, June 14, 1946, exact full moon, also total lunar eclipse. So anytime we get a total lunar eclipse, regardless of where it is, it doesn't have to be in in Gemini and Sagittarius, like the president was born with any total lunar eclipse, particularly if it's stimulating a sensitive degree of the zodiac and certainly zero plus Aquarius, the one that hit on January the 21st of this year is extremely sensitive. Why? Because this is going to be the place or is the place where every president has been inaugurated since FDR in, on January 20th of 1937. The date was changed from March 4th uh, through uh, a constitutional amendment. And so the, the next inauguration, January 20th of 2021, uh, the last one, January 20th of 2017, uh, and so on. So this, the president or whoever becomes the president is coming into power when the sun is at zero plus Aquarius. So we had this total lunar eclipse at the beginning of this year. And I think this at, right at that point. And to me, um, we either have enlightenment and incredible empowerment because a full moon has that energy field or has that capability of providing that for individuals, for a country, for groups who are meditating and so on. But when it's a, a, a lunar eclipse, a total lunar eclipse, we have the potential for the extreme opposite. 
which historically represents things like lunacy and people becoming very scared because the actual visual nature of a total lunar eclipse is that, and the fascination is that the bright illuminated face of the moon, which is reflecting the the sun's light, is gradually eaten away by some two ancients and people in the Middle Ages and people who didn't know the science by some mysterious force that, uh, and this could be a major reason why tribes and cultures eventually developed shamans and mentors, like find somebody who will protect us and uh, from this terrible experience. And then eventually, of, of course, after so many hours, a total lunar eclipse dissipates and the moon comes back. And it's this is where we can get a lot of ideas. We don't know where all the ideas of propitiating the gods to keep us safe came from. And I think an extraordinary number of these around the world came from these celestial events of people being scared that this wonderful lunar presence, which was so much of a guide to people around the world for millennia, would periodically seem to disappear and then magically come back. And so we needed intermediaries in order to link our our own earthly life to the gods, to the cosmos, and restore a sense of enlightenment to the world. So I think at some point you could go back and figure out where do so many philosophies come from? Where, where do so many religious ideas come from that are attempting to bind human beings to celestial figures or uh, higher entities? I believe it has a lot to do with total lunar eclipses, and our president of the United States is born at one of those, and we just had this one. So where are we going uh, with the zero Aquarius energy? We're going in a direction where next year, on March the 31st of 2020, our good friends, the traditional malefics of the sky, Mars, the red planet Mars, and the beautiful ring planet Saturn, on the last day of March of next year, they come to their conjunction, which they do approximately every two years. That's going to be at zero plus of Aquarius. Okay, so in the election year. Now, remember, this year, 2019, we've had a total lunar eclipse at zero plus Aquarius for the sun and zero plus Leo for the moon. And I call that the real national emergency because of the power of that event and the fact that next year we're going to start getting all these alignments at zero plus Aquarius before we even get to the presidential inauguration of January 20th of 2021. So here's what we have. We get to next year, less than a year from this time. We're talking about 10 months from now. Uh, 10 months from now, Mars and Saturn come into a conjunction, and it turns out that it's at zero plus Aquarius. Well, that seems a little bit coincidental. In my case, looking at things more in sync. Here's why. You've been following what I've been saying about uh, not just the progressed United States sun and the progressed United States palace from July 4th, 1776. They're coming into their first conjunction ever, May 28th of this year, at 14 plus Pisces. Okay, that's that degree. However, I've also told you that ironically, or again, synchronistically, on May 30th of this year, which is only a couple, 21 days from now, transiting Pallas in Libra, which has been going retrograde for a couple of months, will make a station 
and any planet or celestial body making a station becomes incredibly powerful for good or ill with all the archetypes that I've been explaining in all of these sessions, uh, imp imprinting those energies into humanity and on Earth. And so transiting Pallas on May, May the 30th stops going retrograde at 11 degrees of Libra and will start going direct. And that direct motion of Pallas lasts all the way, almost a whole year, to May the 17th of 2020. And where will Pallas make a station to go retrograde at that point for a couple months? Zero plus Aquarius. So it almost sounds beginning like this is a giant conspiracy. Why are we getting the zero plus Aquarius degree to have so many factors over a couple of years? Remember, this is all leading to the inauguration of whoever, male or female, becomes president and takes on the role of the presidency and whoever becomes the vice president on January 20th of 2021, which is when the sun always hits zero plus Aquarius. And since 1937, a new four-year presidential and vice presidential administration comes into being. Now, the other big, and this is really big, event of 2020, after the election and last and let Last podcast, I talked about the November 3rd, 2020 election, when the um, sun in Scorpio, which is always there, sun in Scorpio, when the sun is in, uh, in early, uh, when we have November, when we have our elections, the sun is always in Scorpio. Well, we're going to have the moon in Gemini on November the 3rd of 2020, so that we have really a referendum on uh, President Trump and Vice President Pence, who are both sun sign Geminis. In fact, Vice President Pence have sun, has sun and moon in Gemini, and we don't know who will be running on the Democratic slate. And if that person of those two people are not sun sign Geminis, then again, particularly the election will seem to be a referendum on Trump and Pence and voting them in again or out again, or out for the, for the first time, out, and putting in some other slate of two individuals from the opposing party. Um, Right after that, on December 21, a month later, a month, six weeks later, December 21, 2020, we have this extraordinary event, which is every 20 years, Jupiter and Saturn come into their conjunctions. Um, astrologers and sky watchers have known about this going all the way back to maybe 700 BC. Think of that. Going back hundreds of years before the Christian era began, particularly in what we call Mesopotamia. There are records. We can go back to Samaria, Babylonia, those areas. And we know that the astronomer astrologers of that time, they could see, I mean, they're watching even without telescopes, Jupiter and Saturn. They can see those planets, um, Jupiter being a very bright star-like body, Saturn not so much, uh, but still these were Watch the planets, Venus, Mercury was very hard to be seen, but certainly Mars and Venus and the moon and Jupiter and Saturn. So watching the skies, this was very important. And they and there were all kinds of fantastic mathematically oriented uh, sky watchers for hundreds and hundreds of years. So we've been watching in different ways. And now through the fact that all of our information comes from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So we know exactly when Jupiter and Saturn are coming together, and they come together 
Uh, the last time they came together was in late May of, of 2000, the year of the, the Bush-Gore uh, fiasco with the election. Um, not to get into all of that, but that was in uh, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction was in late Taurus, okay, at that particular point. And that was ending, or that was the last one in Earth signs, because from 1841 onward, and I reported this in one of the podcasts, we've been having Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in Earth signs. It's part of a 794-year cycle where Jupiter and Saturn conjunctions, which happen like clockwork approximately every 20 years, usually there's one, but sometimes there can be three depending on what's called retrograde motion. Um, So 1841, then we get into 1861 and 1881 and 1901 and 1920 or 1921. Then we get into 1941, um, and I believe there were three then, and 1961, except for the aberration 1981 when Jupiter and Saturn came together in early Libra, the air energy where we're about to move into now in 2020. But otherwise, 1841, every 20 years, Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions were in the Earth signs. So what happens over the 794-year cycle is Jupiter and Saturn cycles go through the fire sign contingent of Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, That happens for around 180 or so years. Then we get into an Earth sign uh, energy field of Jupiter and Saturn in Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Then it shifts into air of Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. And then it goes into water of Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And each of these cycles of Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions are about 180 or so years. Um, So we are about to shift from Earth energies of Jupiter and Saturn. Think of the banking system, real estate, power of money, everything being reality, materialization, what do you have, what do you own, uh, people in power physically, and everything having to do so much in humanity with things and owning things and uh, money. So That energy field is shifting, and it will shift on December 21 of 2020 when Jupiter and Saturn make their next connection, starting a new 180-approximate-year cycle in air signs, and their meeting point is zero plus Aquarius. Not, Not one plus of Aquarius, not five of Aquarius, not some other degree. Out of the 360 degrees of the circle, Jupiter and Saturn, which are the largest planets in the solar system, which represent big scale changes. And again, you can study the Jupiter and Saturn archetypes and themes, but their conjunction is like a, is like a new moon, which happens every 29 days, or a progressed uh, cycle of the merging of any two factors. But Jupiter and Saturn have a 20-year cycle, and as I've just explained, what happens on December 21 of 2020, which is is just one month before the next president will be inaugurated when the sun is at zero plus Aquarius, which will then energize that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. So this is why, aside from something we'll get into perhaps in the next uh, podcast, because this one is nearing an end here, actually, um, the, the extraordinary nature of the next inaugural chart for January 20th of 2021, which we'll be getting into. The chart itself is is awesome in its unique nature of several things that are happening, aside from the sun being in that position. Uh, 
there's going to be what we call a void moon, there's going to be a Mars-Uranus conjunction that will be exact, and we'll get into all of that. But the that solar force, whoever takes on the reins of government for the United States, and this is fixed by the Constitution and by the amendment to the Constitution that, that changed the uh, date that the president takes power from March 4th, where there had been initially from 1789 and the start of uh, George Washington becoming the first president and first Congress being seated in 1789, that the electoral the election time period is the first week in November and the, the, the country was born July 4th of 1776 with the sun in cancer. And the fact that the government, the, the uh, energy field of Congress and the government starts on March 4th. So we had these archetypal dates pretty much March 4th, July 4th, and around November 4th. This grand triangle, um, we, we changed it. It was changed because of this issue of, oh, we don't want a lame duck presidency go, going on between November, the first week of November, and then waiting all the way to March. It's too long. So somehow this was changed so that the presidents are inaugurated January 20th rather than March 4th, and it became part of the Constitution through the process of amendments. So there we have it. And again, going back to the one of the first points today, we are now in a constitutional crisis. So uh, I'm going to leave for now. We're going to pick up on these themes. Um, we got a certain amount accomplished in this particular podcast. Many blessings, and we'll go on to number six and pick up the thread there. Thank you very much for listening, and bye for now. Mm-hmm.